from Landgrant <laughs> Brewing Company, Columbus, Ohio. I'm good at that. Oh, that's good. Did you like that? Were you recording that one? Yeah. Land Grant Brewing presents Land Grant University. Beers with the Brewers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode Hello. of Land Grant University presents Beers with the Brewers. My name is Eric, and today I'm joined with both co-founders. I'm here with Walt and Adam. Two in a row. Man. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on one with Adam. What a treat. This yeah, is Phil didn't, uh, you, I know you didn't listen to it. Pulled him away from his, re- his uh, retirement in the golf community. In the golf community. Yeah, I, I, I filled in your seat yesterday. I tried to do my uh, my best wall keys when I was over there. That's pretty good. Did all right. It's pretty good. Yeah, he did, he did a good job filling in. And, uh, of course, we're uh, joined by the sailor himself, uh, Mr. Head Brewer, Dan Schaefer. Oh, hey. Hey. And today we're talking about an OG, an original. This is Stiff Farm West Coast IPA, a hoppy, balanced classic, one of our all-time favorites. This might be the original, actually. Is it? <sighs> we, patient, we, patient brewed, zero? we brewed, we brewed um, Son of a Mutter first. Well, I mean, back in the home but that, days. But that was only because... Um, that was the non dry hop. Yeah, that was the only recipe we had that didn't involve dry hopping at the time, and we wanted to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, the other three uh, that we started with, so those being Greenskeeper and 1862 Ale, were all variations of my old homebrew recipes. Yeah. And they, uh, as Dan will allude to when he gets into it, it doesn't, this beer tastes. Zero percent, like uh, you know, I was other, just going to ask. Other than it's beer, no, it still has some. So we still are using uh, Simcoe in it, and that way it featured Simcoe. Simcoe was the star of the show back in the day, and I think actually all five of these hops, they're the same hops, different rates, different times. So we'll get we'll we'll, we'll let you guys take it over. Well, Dan, <laughs> why don't you break down the uh, 2022 version of this uh, fantastic West Coast IPA? Uh, I, I haven't messed with it too much this year. Um, but yeah, I think every every time uh, we do it, it gets uh, just a little tweak. Um, but uh, yeah, six point four percent ABV, sixty IBUs. Although I don't know if this really comes across as sixty IBUs. It's got a little bite to it. I'd say it's I'd say it's bitter. Yeah, it's yeah, we we've it, gone kind of seesaw on this thing in, in terms of. I think we dropped the bitterness, uh, but then we've we've increased it. But it's also a smoother bitterness, so. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, uh, Summit, Cascade, Centennial, Simcoe, and Citra. Um, I think in terms of the proportions of hops, I've kept them all the same. I just shoved everything back a little bit further. Um, the, the Centennial, Simcoe, Citra is all Whirlpool. I think those used to be kind of smattered throughout the last 20 minutes. Still have a 20-minute Cascade edition and, yeah, the, the Summit for Bittering. Um, which always smacks you in the face when you walk in the door, that kind of orange, a uh, bit of a garlicky note. But again, that's why we boil it for 60 minutes so that you're not getting that. Uh, and then, yeah, the classic Simcoe uh, Centennial, uh, two parts Centennial to one part Simcoe dry hop, uh, kind of a, I don't know, two-hearted uh, meets Pliny type of uh, dry hop there. Yeah. 
And um, I think, yeah, the, the big thing is we've simplified the, the grist quite a bit since the since the first iteration, but mostly... Well, it, had, uh, it had crystal. There was some crystal malt in there, I think, way back in the day. Yeah. The OG um, we were using, and then all victory malt also yeah. as more. So it was definitely a lot more malty of a, of a IPA. It's kind of like a bitter Dale's Pale Ale was it kind was of the idea back at that. Dale's um, Pale Ale. It, it was of its time. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a bit more... Uh, so that that East Coast uh, brew pub type of feel to it, um, but there is a little bit of Caravan, but I think we were down to like I don't know, like two percent crystal in this thing now. Yeah, um, a little bit of That's gold. Right. Pills, yeah, is a little left. Yeah, um, for some some Brady complexity, but yeah. Yeah, I think I say this every year. It is a beer that has probably changed the most. I mean, we have brewed it every year. We just it's it's gone from that that core. You're round to, to more coming out around the season, and uh, but it is the beer that had the most tweaks. And the challenge with that, I think, what we always saw was someone might have had this beer eight years ago, seven years ago, and they're like, "Oh, that's that's not the style I like." And and it, and it has changed. It has changed for for the much better. So um, it's not that we 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 don't like stiff arm this is this is this is one of my favorite beers it's just it's tough it's tough to get people to come back to something that you've made a decision on and i think that's where um when we decided to make oh sure the year-round beer it, we took things that we loved from stiff arm but also took things from the quadrahopics that we were doing and and other things and and really kind of put them together for a beer that showcases all 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 the ipas and the great things that folks in the in the brewery like dan are, are doing well, yeah. and making it a seasonal now keeps it special. I'm sure if we were to take Osher off the menu for a few months or so, we'd all start missing that in the same way. But uh, this is this tastes phenomenal this year, and it's we were talking at the bar too when I was ordering these for us. It's just a beautiful golden color. Uh, Meredith is commenting on how much she just like still just look at this beer. So, yeah, this has also sort of been filtered through our our modified both like yeast crashing and dry hopping process. So. Um, we're still using our house kvike on this, but um, we're trying to make it less kvike um, I'm going to trademark that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, kvike can have a, a bit of a, a almost like a citrusy bite to it, um, even though pH-wise we're, we're finishing where um, the same beer finished uh, when we used a West Coast strain. So we've uh, upped the mash pH a little bit so that it finishes a bit higher and there's less of that um, sort of citrus twang to it. Um, oh, that, yeah, that was probably that's probably the one of the biggest changes would be switching from that San Diego style IPA yeast that was like a ballast point type inspired. You're just trying to, or maybe it was Green Flash. I can't remember. You're just trying to really emphasize yeah. the bitterness of the hops. So it dried it so much and. Um, totally different thing. I think then when we changed uh, changed the yeasts on this, that really improved it overall as well. Yeah, it's well. Not to mention the fact that with Kvike, uh, you don't really have to worry about diacetyl. Um, but we, we've also done stuff like uh, cooler dry hopping and um, dropping yeast multiple times before we dry hop something, which you know both helps clarity, but also. Um, uh, like the actual brightness of the hop flavor. Um, yeah. 
I could dork out here for a while, but I don't think anybody wants to hear no, that. That's anyway, why it's beers that's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> it, it, it's all, you know, incremental change. Um, if, if you haven't had this since last year, you, you probably will not notice that big of a difference. But um, I think it's brighter. Um, and I always look for, you know, I look forward to this now uh, as a seasonal. It, um, it is kind of Bell's too hearty, not quite as crystally. Bells, that, that two heart has almost got like an orangey type of hue to it. Way, way, and way more centennial. Yeah. Forward. I mean, we talked about that. You talked about that last week. Of course, they get the best centennial. Ours <laughs> is good, but they get the best. Um, but yeah. I do have to say, it, Chris brought it up last, I think it was last week on here, but um, after going through um, and making and, and some really delicious hazy, juicy IPAs and pale ales, and I'm still enjoying a lot of them. Having uh, What Are You Doing Here and Stiff Arm Now on the board, just classic uh, West Coast-style IPAs. It's, it's, it's a refreshing return to that bitterness and um, definitely not as bitter as they, like we said, they were five, six years ago, but it, it, it reminds you of, of more of that classic style. So it, I'm excited about it. Yeah, definitely heading towards fall the fall still seems like a ways away but i mean you know august it's not is, that far. August i mean football like in like season three at least days. <laughs> august is in three football days season at least isn't is October only about a month out there away. in the market too now unfortunately but, uh, true fall seems like a, a ways to go but we are heading that direction and yeah kind of shifting to a little bit a little bit you know a little bit more of a bite on the beer I if you ask good. lauren it's already december essentially <laughs> it's kid, like next, next week next week it's gonna snow and we uh, we didn't get to enjoy the full summer, but yeah. <laughs> it went by so fast. But, but no, uh, I, I would definitely agree that this beer is tasting better than ever. Um, and you know, I think we, we we get a lot of people asking, you know, where's Stiff Arm? What what's up with Stiff Arm? And uh, if you're one of those people, I'd come come down and get some because yeah, it tastes it tastes great. And uh, yeah, it'll be back uh, in the. Uh, stadium again this year. Mm-hmm. We'll have the 16 ounce cans there. Uh, I know uh, those will probably get it, get delivered in a couple weeks, uh, fresh off the line and available now in the tap room and uh, in market yet, Eric? Or is that? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got some stiff arm out there. Um, well, guys, how crushable is it? How crushable is it? I've crushed a lot of these in the last eight years. Um, I've probably pushed the crushability limit on this beer beyond what it should be. 6.4. You're saying it's tasting better than ever, so I'm expecting yeah. high numbers here. I well. think uh, I'd, I'd put it at a four. Yeah, I think I'm, yeah, at six and a half, I'm probably uh, crushing responsibly at a four. I know I've probably brought this story up the first Langrant beer we ever had to tailgate with was was Stiff Arm and then some 1862 and I made the mistake before an Ohio State game drinking uh, <laughs> Stiff Arms before one of those games and uh, that was not being responsible to say the least. Um, it was still I, I still uh, was 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 a responsible you still person home a after win, that. Right? I still yeah. brought home a win. I just I was like that was probably one too many Stiff Arms so. Yeah, four. Uh, we're talking like a three thirty kick. I think I can do five. I think um, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, if it's a nooner, you know, there's probably going to be a nap involved somewhere in there. But um, yeah, 
How we, if, we're, if we're talking like the full like process of like pre-game, uh, game time, and uh, maybe a post-game beer, I think we'll say five. I'm going with five as well. So that's 18. Four and a half. Four, four, four and a half. Four and a half four crusher. And yeah, I think that's pretty, about pretty right. good score. Yeah, 45. 4.5. 4.5 or 45. Double Arch, stiff Archie arm. Griffin, uh. Double stiff arm. <laughs> the only guy to get a double stiff arm trophy, <laughs> Archie Griffin. We'll bring it back to that. <laughs> the, the, the stiff arm trophy as it's uh, now. I, I was going to ask, sorry to cut you off there. No. Um, where can we find these in the stadium? Um, it's a great question. So we had uh, for a while. Uh, we were able to. We had a we had a seating chart. We would go around. They uh, the Levy Restaurant Group, who runs uh, the concessions at Ohio Stadium, would provide us all the locations. This past year was a little different. It used to be a lot more clear. They've gone to a lot of these grab and go stations, um, and they've reduced the number of stations. Also, I think because of staffing potentially last year. So, I know there was some sections that we used to be in and and weren't so um we will we will provide that information uh it's a great question for for any of uh the folks here or uh listening um what we we used to have it on our website uh, all the sections that the beers were so generally we'll have now we have i believe we had lemon glow at the stadium last year i think this year we're going to be bringing back skull session at the stadium and uh, definitely stiff arm, and I uh, I think only those two this year. So um, we will have that. I know uh, good friend of the brewery, good friend of the podcast, Brian Dwyer, that goes to every game, um, informs me a lot that his the, behind his eight x seats uh, they they no longer had stiff arm. So we had to get we had to we had to make that change. So good question. This beer can be found same. Packaged in the same red, bright red can that it's always been in. What was the was this the first iteration of this design when Adam reached out to you to design a can for Stiff Arm? Was it always the? And is that Archie Griffin? It's absolutely not Archie Griffin. Got it. Um, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 if anything, it would be John Heisman inspired from the Heisman Trophy, but it is much different. Uh, if you ever look at no the Heisman, specific. yeah. If you look at the Heisman Trophy, <laughs> no likeness. Yeah, yeah. Likenesses no likeness. were represented. There's no likeness. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, this was pretty close to the first design. I mean, I think this this goes back to when Adam and I were doing the Kickstarter. I think. So yeah, 1862 was, originally, was not uh, even named 1862 back in the day. It was yeah. it was called House Beer. Yeah, and was then, the first name for really? 1862 ale. That's yeah, and Stiff Arm was originally going to be an imperial like double IPA, I believe. And uh, and Greenskeeper was a pale ale, and it was called Back Nine. Yeah. It, so the the working title for Greenskeeper was Back Nine Pale Ale. I think Stiff Arm ended up being an IPA. No, because then there was an imperial um, in that list, and it was a blue design. Yeah, was it? Uh, oh, underdog maybe. It had a boxer on it, I think. No, that was forty-two to one. Uh, shoot! Back when we did the the James Buster Douglas, I think it was called Underdog forty-two to one. Yeah, yeah maybe. And a green du- the green double IPA, but Stiff Armor was always red. Yeah, red can. Yeah. Um, like uh, I, you know, when we did when we homebrewed, well, we we definitely had some stiff arm labels, and 
um, back nine labels and uh, major violations. That was my father-in-law, uh, Jim, yes. named that after after the Terrell Pryor uh, scandal. And, oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, but a, I remember when we did the Eleven Warriors tailgate party when we brought down like some test batches. Definitely had. So I made a beer like called a stiff, the 11th Warrior. Ha, and we definitely had, but we definitely had like the stiff arm. I remember having like the stiff arm card. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this has basically been since the very beginning. Yeah, and, st- uh, yeah stiff arm was the definitely. The, the beer around. recipe has changed a lot more than the beer label has. Yeah. Because that, yeah, the that same football player and the greenskeeper golfer are the same as they were when we were, when I was homebrewing. Yeah. So. Well, guys, do we have any uh, last notes on stiff arm? No, but hey, I'm going to just before we like do like the full um, rundown of events, which is probably when everyone turns the podcast off. (laughs) So I want to get this in there before that, Um, you know, mentioning 11 Warriors, we should uh, give a special shout out to the 2002 20th anniversary reunion that we're hosting here in the beer garden um, the night before the Notre Dame game, which would be September 1st. Or second, I could keep getting second. the date. I think confused. it's the second. Whatever that Friday is, yeah, the second. The game, the game is on the third. Um, so Labor Day weekend, Friday going into Labor Day weekend. Uh, you know, we've been working with Mike Doss, working with Jason from Eleven Warriors to host this event. Um, Eleven Warriors is going to host a, like a chalk talk um, roundtable discussion with a bunch of the players. Um, Jim tick, Tressel, yeah, Jim Tressel. If you've ever heard Mark of him, D'Antonio, gonna there. it's going to be sweet. Maurice Claret, um, Mike Doss. So yeah, I Bobby would say Carpenter. <laughs> Yeah. Brandon Joe. This is probably C. Grant. C. Grant. Um, yeah, so tickets are available now. Yeah, you, uh, go, you gotta buy a table. Yeah, right now tables are available. Uh, go to 11warriors.com to reserve your reserve your table, and uh, it's gonna be a hell of a night um, and a good good start to the to the football season and the the Notre Dame weekend. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's so there, really cool. uh, you asked that there is a a form uh, when you buy a table. Um, we're, they're going to do a, a, a pre-screen Q&A uh, at the – so it's like an hour chalk talk and then like a half hour they're going to go through questions that people had asked. Um, and I've, I've seen some of them, and they're pretty good. What would be, what would be the question that you would ask, Walt? You got to talk in the microphone. Oh, boy. Um I was so I was a freshman that year mm-hmm. living in the dorms. Yeah, former Michigan um, fan, uh, just converting. Reformed Michigan fan. I swung the tide of the rivalry <laughs> when I, I didn't know this. enrolled when we at shifted Ohio over. State. Yeah, um, his both his parents went both to Michigan. Both my parents went so, to Michigan. Got it. Yeah. yeah, my mom went to Michigan undergrad in Ohio State. So law they were school. thrilled when you applied to OSU. Uh, yeah, because they were looking at how much tuition costs, so they were thrilled. <laughs> in state, um, yeah. in state, state school. Yeah. Um, God, what would I ask? Uh, why didn't Chris Gamble score more touchdowns? Okay. Okay. Yeah, he should have. He only scored one yeah, offensive touchdown. Oh, that's that Penn State right. game. He scored one offensive touchdown his whole career. Yeah. All right, Dan, what would you ask? Uh, I, wow! I've, I've looked this up because someone mentioned that stat to me, and then I like actually looked it up. He he scored on a like a reverse yeah, against like Indiana. Oh, what, was that, that an no, interception? That was, a, that was a defensive touchdown. Oh, interception that's return. Right. I was yeah, going to say, yeah, does that, that mean yeah. he has 
more defensive touchdowns than he does. Yeah. Yeah. I think, he had a, I think, I think he might have had a yeah. scoop and score, too. I think so. so. But, yeah, he was always, like, catching the ball at the five and and tumbling to the ground at, like, the one-yard so line. So I, I rode the mm-hmm. elevator in uh, either Morrill or Lincoln. I, I don't remember which uh, tower. It's our uh, Paul Solomon lived in it. Rode the elevator up after the Michigan game with Chris Gamble. Uh, heading cool. to Paul Solomon's. That's my Chris Gamble, uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, six degrees <laughs> of separation. One degree of separation. All right, Dan, what, 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 do you, do you, have you put any thought? What would you ask? Oh, man, that is, that's rough. Yeah, th- I, I consider this uh, team to be sort of like a formative part of my upbringing. So uh, it's, it's very personal to me. Um, I can kind of remember where I am during every one of those games. But um, I would really like to know how many people thought they were going to lose during the Purdue game mm-hmm. before yeah. Holy Buckeye that'd won. Be, that'd be a good Just one Just like Chris. an honest show of yeah. hands. It's like how many people honestly thought <laughs> we are absolutely done. When Trestle, the most conservative coach of all time, goes for it on fourth and one, uh, you know, how many people are like, well, we're toast. Or... And the follow-up is when he didn't hand when Krenzel didn't hand the ball off and heaved one up. How oh many no. people were just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, like <laughs> because that was I, I I was I was in I was that's when I was at Miami in my dorm room. I remember like going, oh, no, "What are you What are you doing?" <laughs> All right, Mr. Havener, I don't know. You know, I was 13 years old, okay. so that's a little murkier memory for me when it comes to the the actual players. But I would just ask them, uh, maybe, what does it feel like? What did it feel like to win? Was it the highlight of your career? I would say it probably felt pretty good. Felt I, pretty I imagine good. it probably felt pretty good for them. But I think uh, I would like to. Was it satisfying? Yeah. I, I might ask, and it, so since it, since all of these other questions would be asked, do you think that Jim Tressel had like a new sweater vest every game? Ooh. Or is he? He just had a gray one and a red like one like, in his closet. Yeah, two lucky ones. And you just, yeah, it was either lucky one or not. Because like I always wonder that, like, you know, as a golfer, like they get new shoes all the time. They get new wardrobe for like everything. But sometimes you just want to break in your clothes. Right. And like, was Nike giving him a new one every game? I mean, that's his iconic thing. I mean, that's his. Uh, you know, that's yeah. his calling card. It's basically always the same one. That's his Woody, same design. Th- yeah, that's his Woody Hayes, you know, black uh, hat with a, you know, scarlet block O on it. Is that the sa- you know, same one? So That's a great question. Yeah. It's a really dumb one, but, you know, it's something that I think... But also, like, if there's only, like, one of each, imagine how valuable those exactly. are. Exactly. Exactly. Because like they yeah. they figure that out, like, I like you know, when... when uh, Rory McIlroy was in the in the open. He had a you know a, a specific bag each day that imagine then they're auctioning off for charity and all that sort of thing. So like you get that with the cleats, players' cleats. They do that now. So yeah, was that was that the same sweater vest every time to get a new one each season? And did he wash them? I bet they'd be worth more if he didn't. Yeah, we could ask. Uh, well, Kevin wouldn't have been there. Friend of the friend of the podcast, Kevin Kevin Reese, the uh, equipment manager over at the team. And shout out to. Shout out to Kevin for uh, hooking, hooking, lingering up, uh, helping us out with our tailgate. So, yeah, yeah, great guy. Well, to answers of those questions and more, make sure you guys get your table reserved for that event. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, what else do we got going on this week? 
Oh, so much. We, uh, I'll, I'll give another plug for another big event we've got coming up. Um, if you subscribe to the Land Grant newsletter, you are alerted to uh, the Heat Check, which is coming up on August 20th. That's going to be a uh, the, the 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 nuts and bolts of it. It's a, it's a three on three basketball tournament happening out on the street in front of Land Grant. We're shutting down the street for this um, with uh, various. Brands, uh, small business brands from Columbus competing out there on the on the blacktop. Um, a lot of f- local fashion brands and uh, some, uh, I guess like some, and then a grab bag of some other uh, other brands. We have this crew will be there. We'll be there. Yeah, we. I don't think we've put the whole list out yet. We're waiting on like one team, I think, to confirm. Yeah. So this year it's a closed entry with the idea that this is going to be a bigger event coming up. This is the first year we're doing it and yeah, as Walt said, a little basketball, but also bringing in community. There'll be vendors, music. Yeah, yeah so the idea is all these all these fashion brands are going to be out there playing basketball, but then they're also going to be set up in the, uh, the turf area um, vending their various goods. There's going to be live music all day. Um, there's going to be some limited edition lemon glow, clank, lemon glow cans um, and all kinds of fun stuff throughout the day. So uh, look for more details on that. Uh, I think the initial or the official announcement um, beyond the save the date should be out uh, this week, I think. So just stay tuned on that. Put it on your calendar, August 20th to Saturday. Tonight, though, Thursday, we have our Beer Garden Music Series with Wicked Messenger. Remember, we have live music every Thursday night and Sunday afternoon. Um, and then this Friday, we also have live music. Uh, this, is a, this is a rescheduled um, pop-up market with a bonus music night um, featuring Isaac Opatz and Magnolia opening at 7. Um, so come on down for that. And then Freshest Events, uh, and they're all our welcome DJ series, goes on after that from 10 to midnight with featuring JTR 808. Um, so that's every Friday. Saturday, um, as always, Moto Yoga, um, giving a yoga, yoga class in the beer garden. That's at 10 a.m. Tickets available from Moto Yoga, so check them out on social or go to their website. Uh, crew, play Charlotte Away at 7. We'll have that on the screens, um, both outside and in. Um, outside weather permitting, of course. And then uh, we have our Saturday Sounds series um, with Satelle or Satel. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but it's going to be sweet. That's at nine. Um, so big Saturday in the beer garden. Sunday, uh, F1 starts things off at 9 a.m., the Hungarian Grand Prix. Uh, our music market will be curated by Goodland Brand, good big friend of the um, brewery, and our, our good friends, or good neighbors, I should say. Uh, Goodland will be here three to seven. And music from Eric Rollin and friends from four to six. Um, and then also probably goes without mentioning, but Ray Ray's, Dodo, and Mikey's Late Night Slice are here Thursday through Sunday. Uh, and Mikey's here on Monday as well. So we got your food covered. We got your entertainment covered. We got your beer covered, of course. So come on down. Um, Fall Corn Hole League signups are live right now with our Fall League starting August 29th. Plays on Monday night. Go to gocornhole.com to check that out and get your team registered. Um, Tuesdays, we have our pop culture trivia uh, hosted by our good friend Travis Hosher. That's every Tuesday, 6 to 8. Tortilla Street Food is here. And following trivia every Tuesday, we show a movie. Uh, This week's movie is a blockbuster hit. Um, 
which we can't say the name of. But how do we tease this movie? Well, I you think you got to wear guy. your life preserver to this one as we go back. Remember to wear your life preserver. The Titanic? No. Maybe, I don't maybe get that's too reference. obscure. That's maybe too I'm being obscure. too obscure. Okay. Uh, Calvin Klein underwear. Make sure you wear your Calvin ah, Klein underwear. You're going back. Okay. I got it. Yeah. I got yeah, it. Yeah. It's it's kind of like uh, like a like a mad scientist creates a time machine. If you really want to feel me. the power of love next week, yeah. Mm. But steer clear of your mom if you go back. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, we've got a time travel movie playing after trivia. Uh, hopefully, you can figure out what that is. Um, and trivia will feature questions about that specific movie. So if you didn't know what we were talking about, you might miss all of the questions and trivia. And on Tuesday, as always, Tortilla Street Food here. And then Wednesday, Two Fat Indians is here. And that is it. Uh, Anniversary Party is on October 1st this year. Um, So put that on your calendar. Oh, yeah. Your your quickly filling up calendar, your... um, Write it down. Man. Write it down. Eighth yeah, anniversary. So much stuff. We've got some fun stuff planned for that. So much stuff. You guys have been informed that next week, a week from today, is International IPA Day. So on that episode, we will have a couple special guests with us to celebrate. Um, so we have that to look forward to as well. On yeah. Thursday. Um, yeah, Jess uh, from Upright Press and John from Daily Growler will be here to talk about... Um, the What is it? The fourth or fifth edition of the Pints and Prints... Um, event, which is a really cool event um, where they team up uh, breweries with um, designers and uh, Upright Press, who's a sc- local screen printer, and they design and print really high quality, really awesome screen printed posters based on local breweries. And then they sh- there's a showing of them all at Daily Growler where you can pick them up. But obviously, we'll get into that uh, in depth next week. But yeah, it should be fun. Well, in the meantime, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. We welcome you all down to the tap room anytime. Always, please remember to tip your bartenders generously, and we will see you here next week. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Thank you.